Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, live on this Monday, May 29th. You see today's guest is sporting the Celtics gear. I'll introduce him. You know who he is. We'll introduce him in a second. They are out, but they tried. They had one heck of a comeback season, winning five elimination games before ultimately succumbing to defeat. The only other coaches to accomplish what the Celtics have, I believe maybe what Joe Missoula did this season were Dan Isel and Paul Westfall, the third coach to go five straight victories after being down in that scenario. But Celtics are out. He's Noah Nightingale. I'm Zach Weiss. This is Across the Cavs on Network 216. We've got a Game 7 breakdown, and we look ahead to Jokic. Heat and Nuggets getting together in Game 7. Here we go. <laughs> I know, Noah, on the non-Celtic side, you're pretty mad that Caleb Martin didn't get MVP. I am too. But on the Celtic side, I mean, game six, Derek White has that miracle put back at the last second. They get things going. Then how does it feel to see them just really not bring out the fight outside of that 9-2 start? They just didn't have anything else going for them today. Yeah, it was uh, it's a tough game. I you you messaged me at halftime and you said, "What are your thoughts?" And this is pretty much what I got to say. It's it's a make or miss league. You 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 cannot score eighty four points in a game seven at home. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, it, it's frustrating, and obviously the Tatum injury had a lot to do with that. But there was so much more. You know, playing Malcolm Brogdon tonight was not the call. He's not healthy, so you know he really struggled in his minutes. Jalen Brown, who I will defend forever, but Jalen Brown had a really, really bad game tonight. Um, but overall, yeah, like Miami executed. They played well. Boston had a chance. There was a few windows where they had a chance to come back and, and make a run. But at the end of the day, Miami had the answers. Boston couldn't really shoot that well. And uh, it is what it is, man. You know, shout out Miami. But uh, a pretty valuable lesson Boston should learn from this is don't lose the first three games of a series. You know, all credit to coming back and fighting hard, but you cannot lose the first three games of the series, especially when two of those games are at home. Yeah, and there was an Eric Spolster quote. Uh, Bam Adebayo was saying when they first gave the trophy out, was saying that it's a win. Spo made us watch this 15-minute inspirational video. He said it fooled us. Stay together. Ernie tries to find out what the video is. Spolster just goes on to say they're relatable to anybody. Essentially, they're a very relatable team. People get them. So we're the men in the arena. And then a, f- a really good quote here uh, was, they made us get better. If you don't have an opponent bring you to that level, sometimes you don't get there. And how does this feel, Noah, knowing you beat this team in seven last year because of one Jimmy Butler miss? It feels like Jimmy redeemed himself in game six, and the rest of the team just, unfortunately for you, seemed to follow suit today in game seven. It's he culture is real, man. Like I'll say that again and again. He culture is real, and it's led by the best coach in the NBA, Eric Spolstra, and an absolute warrior and competitor in Jimmy Butler. It's just it is what it is, and I think a lot of people thought Game Six was the real Game Seven because like if Boston could win three in a row and force Game Seven in Boston, there's no chance Miami's gonna win. They're they're completely lost. But you just you can't ever you you can't write them off. They they fight till the end and yeah last series last year it was it was great it was really competitive back and forth and and yeah it, it could have been the difference of one jimmy butler pull up three um but this year like miami had all the reason to fold in this game high pressure 
high situation and in, in Boston game seven, where we've seen so many of those games, uh, not counting LeBron and the Cavs, but we've seen a lot of those games not go well for the, for the road team. Yeah. The heat culture really came up big tonight and uh, silenced one of the loudest, if not the loudest crowd in the NBA. And I know yourself, you've experienced that crowd firsthand. It's, it's tough to play in there. It's a really mm-hmm. tough environment. So man, shout, shout out my, I, I have all the respect in the world for that team. I really do. As, as annoying as they are to play against, I, I can't say how I, I, it's just so much respect from top to bottom from that roster and, and the coaching staff, Pat Riley, everyone it's great, great franchise. And something, no, and I'm checking these stats for the first time right now. I'm not looking at the Celtics horrible from the field, horrible from three turnovers. The thing that surprises me, and maybe you can shed some light. I did see he went to the locker room at some point. Why did Robert Williams, who seemed to be getting his way inside, doing everything right, only get 13 minutes of action over Al Horford, who, other than the occasional, I think had one or two threes, just really couldn't do much, couldn't grab rebounds, couldn't set the tone. Yeah, it's honestly that was I right when you started uh, mentioning that question. I was like, I know where he's going with this because uh, that's that's going to be one of the talking points for sure. You know, Robert Williams had a major impact in this series and uh, did a lot of great things on both ends of the floor. And I thought had a pretty decent game tonight. But, you know, we know he's not 100 percent. He hasn't been 100 percent in a very long time. So you don't really know what's going on. Maybe he tweaked something in his knee. Maybe something else happened. I, I know he had a hard fall at one point in this game, and he slowly got up, but he seemed to walk it off. He didn't seem too hurt, but that could be the option. I'm not really sure, but, like, matchup-wise, you know, Horford did struggle. Maybe it was because Boston was really struggling offensively and they wanted more of a five-out lineup. That's pretty much the only thing I can think of. But, yeah, you know. It's tough, and and Robert Williams, as great as he is, and as as much potential as he has, health has always been his issue. And, and staying on the court and playing a lot of minutes in a game has always been something he struggled with. So, yeah, it's 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 a question for the future, but I still have a lot of faith in him. Hopefully, he has a summer where he can recover. But in terms of this game uh, speaking, the only explanation other than him potentially being hurt or dealing with something is. Boston was just looking for offense because offense was not something they were getting at any point in that game. And here's the other question. Obviously, Brogdon was hurt. I I agree he probably shouldn't have suited up. Would Danilo Gallinari, if he had had any reps, would he have made a difference in a game like this? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I I was so happy about that signing, and maybe I'll blame myself. I think when we were up at like 9-2 or 7-2 at some point, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, does Danilo Gallinari get a ring? Like, is he going to accept that? (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking that, and maybe that's the reason why we lost. But no, uh, Gallo – I mean, like when the signing happened, I was like, all right, listen, he, he may not offer much defensively because he's probably he's pretty slow. You know, he can't move around, but an incredible spot up shooter with a lot of a lot of players on Boston who can create offense just by driving kicks like Gallo would have fit perfectly into this team, not just for this game, but all all season long. Uh, so, of course, he's he definitely was like a loss that I guess nobody spoke about because he didn't play a single minute for the team. Uh, but what have you helped for tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely would have helped. Um, you know, I think a lot of Boston fans like to think like, oh, okay, you know what? Gallo got hurt, but we found Sam Hauser, who is pretty much the same thing. And in moments, yeah, Sam Hauser is an incredible three-point shooter, but Daniil Gallinari has that type of experience. You know, he's been in the NBA for uh, definitely over a decade, I'm sure. I'm not exactly sure how many years, but he's been in the NBA for a while. He definitely would have been a help, but, you know, you can't really look at, at that and say uh, what could have been. You know, it is what it is. 
And on the Miami side, then we'll, we'll start to look ahead to the finals. You know, I'm looking at some of these minutes and just wow at the fact that Caleb played 45, Bam played 42, Jimmy played 43. I mean, they handled it. It was essentially a seven-man rotation with a little bit of first-half Haywood Highsmith. I think the really smart from Spolstra, just in case, was taking Bam out to end the third quarter. Folks might not have remembered that he had the three fouls from the first half. Massive difference, and I think the game really ended for Boston when they couldn't win the non-BAM minutes to end the second quarter. They couldn't win the Jimmy minutes to start, the non-Jimmy minutes to start the second quarter. But Caleb Martin, 26, 10, and 3 with a steal. He was plus 14. He shot 11 of 16. He was hitting every shot all series. How important is it? And for Boston, I guess it would be Derek White. Every team just needs one of these guys. You don't know what what your role is going to be one night. You might start, you might come off the bench. You don't know how many minutes, but Kevin Love comes out of the rotation for the last couple of games. Martin becomes a starter and pretty much goes start to finish. Wow. What a player. What a player Caleb Martin is. I mean, listen, I, th I think people will remember that crazy Nevada run in the uh, NCAA tournament, which was led by Caleb and his brother, Cody. Uh, so, you know, we, we know he is a pretty good basketball player. He had some moments in Charlotte, um, but did anyone expect this? No, not at all. I think we can go back to our Eastern Conference preview, and I think I mentioned the fact how last year Boston just let Caleb Martin shoot whatever he wanted. And I was like, listen, if you're going to let Caleb Martin beat you, let Caleb Martin beat you. And I said that about a lot of the reserves. I said that about Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, Duncan Robinson, and look what they did in this series. They absolutely torched us yeah. every single game. Yeah. So, I, listen, it's, it's so it's super important, especially at this point in the year. You know, you're really focusing on trying to shut down the big guys, right? And and after games, uh, after through the first three games, you know, you saw how good Bam and Jimmy was, and Boston really made it a thing where they were going to make those guys, those two guys, as uncomfortable as they could, and and did a really, really good job on both those guys, in my opinion, for the rest of the series. But at the end of the day, you know, if Miami had to have a chance, that you know, they needed their reserves and. You know, I, I don't want to, like, not mention anything because Gabe Vincent was absolutely incredible. Duncan Robinson, Max Schroes, they also had their amazing moments. I thought Kyle Lowry had a pretty good game tonight. But, like, Caleb Martin, it he just didn't, didn't miss. He didn't miss in the series. Yeah, he was, was in everything. Like Gary Trent from the bubble when you're still in Portland watching him shoot every yeah. time. You think he's going to miss, he's going to miss. I mean, he wasn't working with Lethal Shooter either. Like, who, who was his trainer? Who was he shooting with? I, I mean, maybe it was just Duncan Robinson. Maybe it was Kevin Love. Maybe it was Hero before. Just like, all right, man, he's what you got to do. But he just, man. You know what the biggest thing is? And, and sorry to interrupt you there midpoint. Was that? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They had a massive hole left behind by P.J. Tucker, which I think was a major reason for their slide to eight. And that was the biggest issue. And even coming into this series, you thought maybe they're going to be too small to handle. But Caleb Martin, 15 rebounds last game, eight more tonight. He was hitting his shots. He was on a two-way contract when he first got to the Heat. And then I think he's – I might be wrong. He's got to be, top of my head, best two-way player ever. As far as someone that once had a two-way contract into a regular contract since those started being offered as far as impact on the biggest stage. Easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll say this right now, and I, I, I'm not going to go on a long rant, but I'll just say this. Jimmy Butler, you are an incredible basketball player, and you were 
for most of the series, you were unbelievable. And obviously one of the, if not the biggest reason why Miami's in the finals. But Caleb Martin should have won finals MVP. There is just no way you can explain to me that Caleb Martin didn't deserve. I'm sure he got some votes. I'm I'm sure I'll see what the voting breakdown is when it comes out. Caleb Martin, every single game just played so well on both ends of the floor was incredibly like stupidly efficient from anywhere on the court. He brought it every single game. He always gave Boston issues. Like there is just no way in a seven game series, like you got to give it to the guy who showed up every single time. And Jimmy Butler, you're fantastic. You're amazing. You're a huge part. You went up three Oh and all that. And, he, and Jimmy had a great game tonight, but Caleb Martin deserved it. And yeah, what an absolutely crazy performance. And for Miami's sake, I really hope he keeps this up because I have a very strong feeling that Denver is going to guard Caleb Martin, very similar like Boston did, where it's okay, we're both guys on Jimmy, on Bam. And if Caleb Martin wants to beat us, go ahead. And if, if he's going to be knocking down shots like he has in this Boston, like he did in this Boston series. Denver, you're going to have a really tough time. <laughs> you're gonna, and you're going to be sitting there going, like, what is going on? I think I made a joke to my friends after, like, game two or three. I was like, I, it could be Michael Jordan in that, in, in that jersey. I, I wouldn't tell the difference. I wouldn't know the difference. Like, is that Kevin Durant? Like, I, I just – it was absolutely mind-blowing to see Caleb Martin. But, but I have the utmost respect for him. Like, honestly, I, I'm sure some Boston fans are going to hate that guy forever. Like, I, I love the guy. Like, you <laughs> – you brought it, man. Good for you. Like, absolute all the props in the world. You 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 showed up and you got your team to the finals. So I got four things to say. The first is he Kelly Olenek versus the Wizards to you guys tonight. That was my first reaction. <laughs> okay. That's my that's fair. That's my first reaction. The second is uh shout out to underdog, Caleb Martin, a massive underdog. He signed up for underdog fantasy now with promo code 216. Match first deposit up to hundred dollars. Yes, they will indeed. Part three is that. We have the voting, actually. There were nine votes only, and it was 5-4 Jimmy over Caleb. Uh, I don't know who voted how, but I'm seeing this looking through. And the fourth thing from Kenny Beecham, which is a great – I don't even remember this far back. Caleb did not play Game 7 last year in this series. And now here he is getting the argument in his favor of possibly being the best player in the series. So shout out to him. I mean – no one's making the jokes that his twin brother was in his jersey, like with the Morris twins. But nonetheless, it was spectacular to watch him. Shout out to him. Shout out Duncan Robinson, who proved why the Heat paid him. Shout out to Gabe Vincent, who I, I was honestly earlier in the year when I was talking about the Heat, I, I definitely didn't show him enough love or respect as far as his game. I was saying, you're not going to win much when he's your starting point guard. I know nothing. Send me off. Cancel my podcast. <laughs> Great season from him. You know, Kyle Lowry, for all the negative vibes and energy and comments that have happened since he signed, stepped up in a massive way, didn't need to make shots to make an impact, and I respect the hell out of Spolstra for being able to tell Lowry you might only get 15 minutes tonight, 12 minutes in some of the games, because we're going to ride with whichever he was playing better. Bam was not shooting well most of the series, but had a major impact defensively. Haywood Highsmith. D2 guy, just stay ready. Cavs have one. Broderick Thomas, we share that name. We don't really love that name. No disrespect to Broderick Thomas. You made the NBA from D2, but I didn't think he expected to get roasted on this episode. Nonetheless, I digress. <laughs> Celtics impressed me this year. You know, two seed, new coach. Everett Lott had to change. Not only did they lose their, their former head coach, but their top assistant 
And just confirm with me this on Noah. Did Damon Stoudemire already leave for GT? Like, was he gone from the time he accepted, or did he stay yeah. on the Celtics staff? So he was gone. Oh, yeah, he was gone right away. Yes, yeah, so it was another assistant. So the, the staff just kept changing. I don't know who replaced him. I never saw anything about that. So just a lot changing. I give them a lot of credit. Coming back against Philly, it's very easy. It would have been easy for them to just screw up in game six. But they held it down. They came home and took down the Sixers. Look, they fell behind 3-0 to a team that was just hungry. And they're the first team ever in the four out of seven era to make the finals as an eight. The Knicks did it with a three out of five first round. So they're the first team to win 12 games, not 11, to get to the finals. And they still took them to seven. You know, a lot of people are going to call this a bust. You might be one of them. I still think. All things considered, everything they dealt with, Tatum's messing his ankle early, everyone dealing with injuries, a lot of age. You know, with I guess only Horford's old, but they, they figured it out. They dealt with a Brogdon injury to still win games. So I, I do give Missoula some credit. I don't know how much under a microscope he'll be starting next season, but I, I do definitely give him credit for what he got out of them late in this series after everyone kind of wrote him off as a coach and wrote off the team in a lot of different areas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll i go back to, I think I mentioned this uh, in the preview pod, but like a lot of people are quick to forget what happened days before training camp, right? You know, the Ime Doka situation, Gallinari tearing his ACL, and Robert Williams all of a sudden having um, surgery on his knee, which took him out pretty much until December. Everyone was looking at it going, oh, like, you know, everyone was so excited about the Celtics. Now look at them. They're falling apart. You bring in a, a random a 34-year-old assistant coach. They uh-huh. sign guys like Noah Vonley and Blake Griffin because they were flopping around saying, what do we do now without Robert Williams? Like a lot of people doubted the Celtics before the season even started. And rightfully so, because a lot of those things, teams cannot recover. But the fact that you go out there, you win 57 games, you start off by winning 20 of your first 25 games of the year. Yeah, I was really impressed. And like you mentioned, you know, the the struggles that they went through in the playoffs and they they always do it the hard way. You know, Boston's always going to do it the hard way. And, uh, you know, going down uh, against Philly and, and having to play game six, winner go home in Philadelphia, where it seemed like it was over. And then all of a sudden, Jason Tatum came alive in the final three minutes, blowing them out in game seven. And then again, going down 3-0 against Miami. And then fighting back to game seven, I don't think this season's a failure. And and I really, really hope Dan, uh, I almost said Danny H. Brad Stevens doesn't um I don't think he will, but I, I really hope he doesn't react too crazy from this. I, I don't think Boston needs to do too much. I really do believe if they won this game tonight, they would have won the championship. But it is what it is. Uh, I still believe in this team, I still believe in the future and the core. And uh, and as for Joe Missoula, the guy's 34 years old. Maybe Boston might look for a more experienced guy if something doesn't go well next year. Uh, but in terms of Joe Missoula's coaching ability, I have no doubt he he will be a good coach. I think he's learned a lot from this year, and I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, you know, well said. They tried, camp a little short. And for Miami, they get to face the Denver Nuggets, a man by the name of Nikola Jokic. So – First question here, Noah. Start. I know we talked a lot about the Heat, but quick, quick question. Do you expect them to keep the starting five that ended this series, or do you expect them to go back to either of uh, maybe Love? Actually, I guess just Love. Do you expect Love to start at the forwards, or his rotation minutes done? Or do you think this was just to get through this series? 
No, I, I I think Love will start. I think you know you you. I think Eric Spolster is going to see that you want that experience, especially game one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you want to ride the hot hand with Caleb Martin. I get that, but you know it's pretty valuable to have him off the bench too. And, and like I said, you know Kevin Love's got the experience. He's never not been into the NBA Finals if yeah, he's gone to the playoffs. Maybe right? I love, love that. Right. I can't believe it. That, so, right there you go. So I, I I do believe they will go back to Kevin Love. He'll probably have an extremely short leash if something goes wrong. But yeah, I, I I do expect Miami to go back to to, to K Love. We'll see what happens though. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. And I and honestly, now that I'm a neutral fan, I really want Kevin Love to start balling out, man. I, I I've never hated the guy. I have his jersey on the T Wolves. I drafted hey, him in hey, fantasy. Man. I dropped him in fantasy years ago, and he got thirty and thirty in a Drop game. Him. Like, oh God, you lost your credibility right there. Dropping Kevin Love was this Timberwolves Kevin Love that you dropped? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is like twenty eleven. I think I, mean, I think that's when he had his thirty and thirty game, and uh, from that point on, I was like, okay, I love this guy. Even when he went to Cleveland and had the issues with Boston against Boston, I've always loved Kevin Love. He's he's a baller, man. He's an absolute baller. So I, I do hope the best for him in the series. I respect him. My Chandler Parsons. Uh, Love story started when I had him in fantasy when he was competing with Chase Budinger for minutes, and I had his jersey by the end of his rookie season. That's so. that Chase Budinger. I haven't heard that name in so long. Yeah, volley, <laughs> he's a better volleyball player than a basketball player, which is honestly amazing. That's true. That played six or seven years in the league, made the made the dunk contest. Decided, by the way, that jumping over P Diddy was a cool dunk. I mean, what mm-hmm. coming home or something like what, what's the. I, don't, I, I, I forget. All, all I remember is he made the dunk contest and only had like like he had like less than ten dunks made in that entire year. And it was Nate just like, why is he in this? Nate Robinson had like two dunks when he made it. But... Nate Robinson's a different story though. That's yeah, a three time what three time dunk winner. That's like uh, putting a really tall guy in a short guy contest, but yeah, a really yeah. short guy in a tall guy contest, and he won three times in four years. The only time he didn't is Superman, but he didn't even go against me. When he did, he lost because Nate jumped over him, which is kind of crazy. Then yeah. Dwight dunked Nate off the great. rims. In, in, uh, was that might have been JaVale, actually. That was JaVale. That was JaVale. That was one of my favorite dunks of all time. <laughs> I, will, I will always remember that. But anyway, right, we've, we've said almost nothing about the Nuggets. I do have more questions about <laughs> the But so I want to start with the rotation first. Everyone knows Jokic this, Murray that, Bruce this, Aaron that, MPJ, KCP, and I'm forgetting a guy by the name of Bruce. Wait, who am I? I think you got everyone. Jokic, Gordon, Porter, KCP, Murray, Brown, and... Oh, I'm blanking out on this. The other oh, Bre- no, Jeff- you, know, you got Christian Brown. Oh, Jeff Green. No, no, I didn't know. Bruce Brown. So that is the question. Does Bruce, does Christian Brown rejoin the rotation? Because he played about eight minutes against the Lakers. They went to Reggie Jackson for one of the games. I actually missed those three minutes that he was in, sadly, kicking myself for it. But do they go back to Christian Brown? Or do you think now that they're in the finals, he's a rookie, maybe we'll finally see an Ish Smith or a Reggie Jackson. Heck, maybe even DeAndre Jordan gets some backup center minutes, get some lobs against him or on him. They got lob throwers. Who do you think? Does Christian Brown get it, or do they go someone else? Because I do expect them to only go eight or nine deep, even still. No. Yeah, I I think for Brown, very very solid player, um, and I'm very impressed with what he's been able to do in his rookie year. Um, that being, excuse me. That being said, I, I I assume they they will try him just because he's a body, 
But that's the type of player that Jimmy Butler is going to see. He's like, I want to hunt this matchup down. And I have no faith in Brown. <laughs> I have no faith in Brown. So I don't know how long it will last. But I do expect Mike Malone to probably throw him out there. He's another body. He's athletic. He'll hustle. You know, maybe he'll play the uh, the Highsmith type of role that he had, like, like he had in the Celtics series. I, I don't know. But okay. I, I don't expect him to play much. I, I, I do think that's someone that Jimmy's just going to attack. Or Caleb Martin or Michael yeah. Jordan now, I guess his name is. Uh, Michael, Anyhow. Michael Jordan Martin. Hey, basketball. Yeah. Get on it. You got a new nickname. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it will be interesting. Maybe he, he has an impact. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. Fair point, fair point. And so my other question here, I want to talk about the center matchup. we got plenty of questions here. I want to talk about the center matchup because I think this is going to be the most important in the series. My first inkling, just thinking about this as we're, as we're talking, is that the Heat will match every Jokic minute with Bam. And so do you expect those non-Bam minutes? Then I don't expect there to be too many of them. I expect he'll be getting 40 minutes a game in this series. It'll be about eight minutes would you expect – and this is assuming Love doesn't start. Would you go Love, Highsmith, Zell, or Zeller? Because they're probably not going to go Yurtsevin. And they're not going to go Jovis just for the announcer confusion. <laughs> I I think Miami will probably go Zeller just because they've been probably giving him the most run out of all those guys, uh, especially at the, in the non-band minutes. I know Zeller didn't play – I don't. I know he didn't play tonight. I don't think he played. He played uh, first six. half minutes the other day. Yeah, okay. Very so. Great. Yeah, I mean, the Zeller minutes didn't go great. They were decent in, like, games two and three yeah. in the Celtics series. But I think overall, the non-band minutes in this Denver series, he's a body, right? So, you know, I don't expect him to have much success, but he is a body to have. And, you know, he, he could have an impact. He's, he's, a, he's a hustle type of guy. So, and decently experienced. I know he never has, like, played in a type of game like this, but I, I, I think out of those options – Cody Zeller is, is is probably the call, which isn't that great. <laughs> it's 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 a problem, right? Like Miami's not a big team. And they are going up against one of the biggest and the best. So it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they do. I, I do worry for Bam though. Um, as great as a defender as he is, and he's an unbelievable defender. I think Jokic is going to give him a lot of problems, just like he does for everyone. But I think specifically, Bam is going to have trouble in terms of staying out of foul trouble. I think that's going to be what his problem is going to be. I hope he stays on the floor, but I think Denver is going to go at him. And if you can get Bam off the floor, yeah, Miami is going to be small. And they're going to have zero rim protection. And Denver is going to get what? Ever they want so that they are going to attack bam and bam is a phenomenal defender but i think he's just i don't know how disciplined he is especially against a guy like Jokic, who is just going to seek out so much contact and even with that contact is still going to hit some incredible shots so yeah this is this is going to be very tough for miami but if there's one coach that i have complete trust in to game plan around that incredible big man of nikola Jokic. It is Eric Spolstra, so it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be definitely a very cool chess match to see. Jokic, a positive plus-minus in 14 of 16 matchups against the Heat since entering the league in 2016, and I would venture to guess that almost every single one of those against Bam. He has four triple-doubles in the series. Don't have the win-loss record here, 
but he has just been – he's averaged 20, 11, and 6 yeah, in these 16 games. He's never – he's only picked up five fouls once. He hasn't picked up five fouls since 2018. So, for both of these guys, they just got to stay on the court, obviously. And help. Yeah, Jokic just proving everybody in the, in the playoffs, proving everybody. We knew what he can do. Now we're seeing what he can do and then some. And so, here's the next part of this. Talk about the centers. You know, Jamal Murray is going to be that guy. He's going to be the second option. So the, the question here, actually, I don't even know where my mind was going. I think I, I confused myself out of a question. What was I even, even going to say here? Something about Jamal Murray being the second option. No, I was just a, I was talking myself around. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're three days away from this first game. I guess I'm – we're feeling the effects of, of a long weekend, respectively, as we get back to normalcy. It is 11.30 on um, a Monday. We're, we got Tuesday coming up, work week, four days this week. Pretty cool. Um, where do you want to go with this? What do you think? What else What else is important in this series? My, my mind's blanking. What else is important in this series? No, I, I, think, I think Gabe Vincent's ankle is going to be a pretty big problem for Miami. Uh, as great as he played, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's moving as well as he as he is, and uh, he's got a big task with Jamal Murray. And you know, essentially, I mean, every all of Miami's got a big task. Like when you're guarding Denver, if you're not guarding Jokic, you're gonna be guarding four guys just running around, backdoor cuts, doing like, just incredible off-ball movement, and uh, it's go it's really tough. And I think especially for Jamal Murray, who's coming off this unbelievable playoff series, and I mean, he's been incredible for the entire playoffs, but. I think Vincent is going to struggle, and I think a lot of that is going to be his ankle. I'm not exactly sure if Vincent's going to be the guy that's going to be guarding Jamal Murray per se, but like I just think he's going to be a big impact, and not being 100% is going to really hurt Miami. And and yeah, and it's just like I, I'm trying to think of the Jamal Murray matchup for Miami. I'm not really sure what they're going to do, um, which is which is really tough because now I'm really starting to doubt not only the Jokic matchup. I'm starting the Jamal Murray matchup. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way. They're gonna. Look, nope. it's, I don't think we're gonna get many blowouts. No, I don't think so. I I will say though that Miami cannot expect to run their zone and expect the success they had against Boston. Yeah, there's, Boston's there's been a team that has always struggled against the zone. That's not going to be the case for Denver. Denver is going to be very prepared. They have all the weapons uh, to beat a zone. Miami. I mean, they they play very like so many different zones. They'll switch it up. I'm sure. They're going to throw everything at Denver. Uh, I just think Denver just has way too many weapons to answer. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to. It's just, you know, can my, I, I, and Miami's not 100%. I don't know what the situation with Tyler Hero is. I don't think he's supposed to play in the final. I remember when he got hurt, they're like, he will come back if they make the final. I wouldn't, so, even, I wouldn't even put him back in unless the team is struggling. If, sure, if he's absolutely. Cleared. If he's cleared, it doesn't mean he's going to play. He would. I mean, a healthy Tyler Hero would have a huge impact in this series, but obviously, even if he comes back, you can't expect Tyler Hero to go back to his regular self uh, if, if if he comes back. Which, which is what we learned in the 2019 conference finals last year. Exactly. Uh, not the 2019. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, 2019, exactly. we already knew. But who did they? Yeah. We learned in that, well, he played in 2019, he was a rookie, but he came back, he wasn't good, kind of like Brogdon, they just didn't put him back out there in the second half, but... Mm-hmm. All things considered, both these teams, very different paths. Denver dominating in round one, handling business in round two. Phoenix was formidable and dominating 
not in the sense of the score, but just dominating the big moments and clearly ready for all of them. I don't think I've ever seen a situation where LeBron gets blocked to end a game. The only other time I've ever that I can remember, the other two times, I guess, seeing a block end a series, Paul Pierce on Kyle Lowry with the Nets and the Raptors game seven first round, and Manu Ginobili on James Harden. Game two overtime. I, I actually, um, I'm pretty sure that's right. I think it was game two, wasn't it? No, Maybe I'm wrong. Is that the end of the series? Game with, block the, with game seven. Oh wow! In, that was in game overtime seven. with when when he blocked Harden from behind. That wasn't the series ender. Oh no! no, no, no. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I thought that was a Manu blocked. Harden. I always thought that was like game two. To be honest, game five. Let's game five. Wait. Oh, the series was tied two two. Okay. Well. But legend think- legendary block. It's like one of those big blocks to end the game, and I think that block and that win pretty much sealed the deal for San Antonio that year, if I'm not and, mistaken. And, that's and, what's, and what's crazy, it was only the second biggest block of his career. The, the second biggest SWAT when he when he got the bat. Batman who showed up <laughs> on Halloween took that bat down. One one yeah. SWAT was all it took for Manu to get that bat down. That was it. One what, SWAT. What a legend. Yeah, what he, a legend. And obviously the story behind that is that all the, all the caves that aren't too far from where the Spurs played, just, just Bat County. So if that one happened to find its way all the way into the court, I think we've ever seen something like that in an indoor arena before. But nonetheless, you know they don't they don't call it a batting cage for nothing, right? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't call it that, man. My, uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I will not be here all week. You will not find these stand-up jokes at any other place, <laughs> but here, this one oh, time. God, God, I love the attempt though. <laughs> And you got to try. And you know what else you got to try? If you're trying to if you're trying to win big in these playoffs, we're not going to go specific odds here, but which role player, I guess we can call it the Iguodala Award, which role player do you think has the best chance of stealing a finals MVP from a Jokic, a Butler, a Murray, or a Bam in this coming series? How do I not say it's Caleb Martin? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Once. It, it's It's – like Caleb, I think if Gabe Vincent is shooting like Steph Curry, which he looks like for most of the series, like yeah, sure, Gabe, but that ankle is going to be an issue. And then on the, on the Denver side, like we can't call Jamal Murray a role player. So and yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't see anyone else on Denver just because of how much they use the Jokic and Murray. Like it's agree, like, yeah, no one on Denver is going to have a chance. Maybe if it's Miami maybe Porter. Me. Yeah, yeah. If if Porter starts just like heat checking every single game, sorry, that that's a good point. Porter Porter he, definitely has a good chance. He can just heat check every game. They win four, and he's shooting oh, sixty percent. Better three. not be four, man. I got. No, I, I no. God, it's not. No, we got us. We set we set the viewing parties with all the with, with with everybody. Like who's hosting which games? I got games yeah. two and four. Like I I, I don't I want to be able to go. I got, I'm, I'm hosting two of the first four. Like I want to be able to go there for them for those couple of games. Like we we want that to happen. We want the NBA Finals. I don't. I, I'm sure it's the same for you. And, and we'll get back to the, the discussion. It, it's a time of at least for me. It's been probably every year since late in high school. You get together with everybody. You watch the game. It's it's a way to catch up, do other things. You might not be talking about the game the whole game, but you're focused on the game. You're biting your fingernails together. You're eating the favorite deli sandwiches. You're just Running around the room like I've been for the last couple of finals, obviously not having the Cavs has been very calming. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's the same for you. Uh, when the Cavs are in the in the finals, did you watch games with other people when they were playing in the finals? 
So I was away for two of the games in 2018. And then 2017, I think I still was. Yeah, I mean, it. All, like I, I do that for the whole playoffs. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. more of a thing for the finals. But, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I needed to be isolated. For me as a sports fan, as you've noticed, ever since I started broadcasting games and podcasting and pretty much from the time I graduated college, and obviously that was my college years for LeBron's return to Cleveland years, I've seen it in a very different light. As soon as the game ends, the game's over. I don't carry it with me. It's not going to bother me when I wake up the next day. Not like when I was younger and I felt like I was invested more. And I'm someone that's very invested. As you know, I know we watch games every night of the week. Of course. Now, when the Ravens got knocked out by the Bengals, I wasn't – and obviously, yes, I'm a Ravens fan. Sorry, Cavs fans. When they got knocked out by the Bengals, I was in Cleveland, actually, funnily enough. That was my first trip. The next day was the game. I was with my girlfriend. It was a great weekend. It was a great next day. Rare good weather for Cleveland in January. It didn't snow the entire weekend. About four day weekend. Amazing. I put it out. the The loss was a loss, and it was what it was. When the Cavs got knocked out this year, yeah, I was sad. I was bummed, but there's next. Move on. You move on. on, man. Life goes on. Yeah, and with I with know, all that sad. said, that's why I don't mind watching with people. I'm okay just turning the game off when it's finished. I'm okay with, I'm not going to break a TV. I'm not going to, I mean, I used to maybe punch a pillow, but I'm not, I'm not a violent person anyway. I don't, I I hate seeing those videos. I think it's overreaction like crazy. And then look, I I understand. I've given some betting ads here. I'll be continuing to do so. And I I know we we're both, we both put some money down here and there, but I, I never think, that losing a bet on a game is enough of a reason either to just get violent when it's over because you didn't get the outcome you wanted. You made the conscious decision to believe in something, and if it doesn't happen, it's not going to change your life unless you bet 50 grand, Floyd Mayweather, but you have enough money banked up. It's it's a great game, and I'm glad that you and I can do this. This is also our way of connecting and staying in touch is recording every, every month or two. But it's we can't take it too seriously. I, I know you're definitely still reeling from this game, and it'll, it'll probably feel better at least tomorrow having been able to sleep and more time has passed. But it's fun. It's entertainment. And for one team losing, another team makes history. I'm still mad about the Knicks winning, but they did something that no one thought they could do this season. So, Sure. You know. Absolutely. I'm, I, so I'm very much the same thing except the part where you watch games with friends. I do. I do, but when it comes to Celtics playoffs, I don't know. It's okay. it's just I, I guess I did watch. So in the bubble, when it was Raptors Celtics, obviously I'm from Toronto, so all my friends are Raptors fans. Uh, I watched Game One with them, and that was obviously a great game to watch for my sake because I'm the Celtics. I'm pretty sure won that game wire to wire. Um, <clears throat> but that's like the only memory I have of watching celtics or any celtics playoff game with like a group of people i i like to stay isolated and i'm not a violent person again you know i'll throw an empty water ball across the room when tony brothers makes a terrible call yeah they weren't that you bad, know i'll say it. yeah no they they weren't that bad like overall like they if they the they cleaned up some of the missed calls that they had it still wouldn't have made a difference so at the end of the day it, it, they, they weren't terrible um but yeah overall like you know life goes on Sports, we're passionate. Like, I don't think anyone will meet as big of a sports fan as us. Like, we are so passionate and we love our teams and we'll do anything we can to watch and support and yeah. through thick and thin. But uh, 
just it's life, you know. It, it's it's one team, one team wins every single year out of all these teams. So yeah, twenty nine yeah, broken fan bases every season. Exactly, exactly. Easy. So you know, you're very likely going to be heartbroken, and it sucks. And in the moment, it does suck. And yeah, right now it does suck. I'm very upset, but I'll wake up tomorrow. I'll wake up with a smile on my face, and uh, I'll be ready to start watching some uh, NBA finals when it comes. And I'm very excited for that. I'm very very excited for that. So it'll be it'll be cool. I think the perfect transition here is to talk about that Giannis quote going back to the first round and what he said about if you don't win the title, is it a bust? I mean, they were supposed to, and I feel like if the Bucks had cleared the heat, they would have been able to, to get to this point. I mean, probably at full strength, if they found a way to overcome their 3-1 deficit, I think they're good enough to clear the Knicks, and I think they have enough firepower this year. I think they would have found a way. I don't know. And it's all hypothetical, maybe not based on Boston's ability to overcome their own struggles to win that first series and, and get this one to seven. But is it really a bad season for 29 other teams, each in a different way, in some way, because they're not going to win the title? I guess 28. I did, is it a bad – the Knicks made the second round. The Suns made the second round. The Clippers had injuries. The Nets got swept, but for all these teams, was it a bad season? Because every team has circumstances and injuries and outside noise and personal trash. Like we learned Ty Lue dealt with this year. We learned about Budenholzer's brother tragically passing away with a couple games left in the series. Do they all really have bad seasons? Or does Giannis have a point about what he said about this being stepping stones? And the Celtics can still learn from this. It's hard to go from finals to conference finals loss and learn, but I still think there's a lot to be learned. So I, I think he might beyond to something with part of the quote for sure i think a lot of people made fun of him because they're like oh what a terrible thing to say after you lost you know right it's like oh you're you're just trying to like throw it away like it's just nothing but it is not like it's literally just i mean it's not nothing but it's a game and going back to your question of you know how, is it a failure if any of these teams fails i think playoff wise no you know, I can only think of really one team this year that I think you'll look back and go like, okay, yeah, this year really sucked. It was a disappointment. That was Dallas, right? Yep. You know, Dallas kind of put everything into it. They obviously went on a great run and everything was all expected for them this year to potentially go on a crazy run to the finals. And then, you know, they trade for Kyrie Irving and everyone's like, okay, they're really putting their egg, all, all their eggs in one basket and they didn't even make the playoffs. That's a failure. I, I, yeah, I, I hate agree. the word failure. But no, Dallas, it was, it was, it was yeah. bad, bad coaching, bad front office. They're not supporting a top six, a top five, right? probably top three player in the world. And they're just letting him work three times as hard as he's supposed to. But they're not giving him bigs. They're not giving him defensive guys. And I don't even think they ask him questions. They're probably just, and they brought in someone with no NBA front office experience. They brought in a guy from Nike who's smart. Nico Harrison is a smart man. But I don't know if he's basketball. I don't know if he's basketball moves smart. Agreed. Agreed. Um, absolutely. I yeah. I, I think Dallas is the only team I can really think of. I, I'm not really thinking clearly right now, but yeah. that's probably like I don't think Boston. I think some people will say Boston. This may have been a disappointment because of what you build last year and what you did in the regular season, and now falling this short. Like when you think about it, you lose to an eight seed, but this wasn't your typical eight seed. But even then, you know, I, I still don't think this is a disappointment. There's still a lot of things to build off and the core is still young enough where you can expect them to come back and somehow be better than they were this year. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 
to be that one team to win out of the other, like it's just, it's really hard to do to win. A ch- and it, it really makes LeBron's finals run just like so amazing. Cause like to get to that point so many years and year after year, like it's hard. It's really, really hard. And then to win it all, I mean, you got to be one of, and then one of 30 to do it. And that's just, tough thing to do it's a really tough thing to do and and that's why i hate the whole discourse of like oh this player you know he's a really great player but he's never won that title so that's really holding him back like winning a title is really hard yeah it's not just it doesn't come down to one guy it like there like there is a long list of players who have never won a title and there that list is going to keep growing there are going to be some amazing players that we are watching right now some of the Mm -hmm. best players in the world that will finish their career not win a title just because of how hard it is and the yeah. skill level these days, like, like when people are just dis- like uh, debating, like, Oh, is this guy a top 10 player, top 15 player? Like if you, if I said like, Hey, this guy, so-and-so is a top 30 player. Like some people may look at me and go like, Oh, that's disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. There are 30, like there are so many good players in the NBA. The talent is unbelievable. It's the best it's ever been. It's so deep. This league has so much talent. Like yep. to say that you're a top 30 player is like what it used to say when you were like a top 15 player, let's say like yep. 10 years ago. Easily. It's, of right? Like, scoring 20 now. Like think about how many players got snubbed on the All-NBA teams. Some really, really, really talented players did not make the All-NBA team. And that doesn't mean that you're not a good player. You are, an all, you are a fantastic player. But unfortunately, there's just so much talent in this league, and it's really, really hard to come to a conclusion of who is better than who. And is this guy top five, top 10, top 15? Like, hey, if you if you are recognized as a top 30 NBA player, you are absolutely unbelievable at basketball. And you are a very more, – more, more likely you are a star player. Like, there's just that much talent. And, and you put that all together and you try to win one – and only one team gets that championship, yeah. That's really hard to do. So I, that's why I hate when people like, ah, oh, the only thing holding this guy back is he hasn't won a title. Man, you know what? Nah, it's hard. It's hard. It's really, really hard. So that's that. That's the one thing that really annoys me when it comes to people talking and debating about players' legacies and stuff like that. Like, I, I think the championship thing is just, it's just too much because yep. you don't realize how difficult it is. Really, really damn hard. And so yeah. – We've talked about the teams that didn't get there. We've talked about the teams that did. It's going to be Jamal Murray, who's insane. Nicole Jokic, who's insane. Jimmy Butler, whose confidence is clearly back. Bam Adebayo, ready to try and stop Jokic. Going to be a lot of great players taking the floor. Kyle Lowry has a chance at a second ring. Jimmy could get his first, which would be an incredible moment and could definitely – uh, give him some kind of argument to get. I don't believe, and I, he has a long way to go. I don't think he was on the NBA uh, all 75th anniversary team as top 75. I think he could improve an argument to be on the, on the very, very back end of that if he can do that because what he's done in these playoffs, and you could forget the injuries that they saw against the Bucks without Giannis playing a couple of those games and playing hurt when he came back. 56-point game is hella impressive. So all this said, no, who's winning this series and in how many games? I'm going to start and just say this, and maybe this will get you thinking. I'm going to – this. I don't know why. Just given all that they've overcome, 
And because I picked them from almost every – I didn't pick them to win the series originally, but I picked them in almost every game. I picked them to win each of the first three games. They did. I'm going to go Heat in seven because they've overcome so much. They made it. And I want to say, you could quote me if I'm wrong, Kyle Lowry is the only player with a title already that's going to be suiting up as a rotational player. Am I wrong on that? Am I missing somebody? I was about to go out and say Udonis Aslan and, and Kevin Love. Oh, in the whole series, right? Oh, right. That's right, right. Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, they've been there. And Udonis has been there. There's Nuggets, guys. I think Jeff Green's the only one that's been to a finals that's going to be suiting up. And, oh, yeah. KCP has a title. I'm sorry. Ah, but I'm still. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the Heat have more experience. I think that they're going to find a way. They're, they're, I just – maybe – the rotations have been so beautiful, and I think that – I'll give Malone credit because he stuck to what got the team where they were, but he didn't do anything spectacular in the playoffs differently. He adjusted as he needed between Jokic and Murray, but no other player stepped up. He didn't change his rotation. It's been exactly the same. And he's playing checkers. He's playing a good game of checkers, right? But I, I think Eric Spolscher has been playing some serious chess. He's playing the 10-year-old wonder kid or wonderkind, I guess. We're going Ted Lasso. <laughs> and he's beating him every single time. So I'm taking Spo's Heat in seven, and this would give him his 24th playoff series win as head coach of the Heat. No. Yeah, um, I wish. I wish, Zach. I really do. Listen, if Caleb Martin wants to continue to be like Michael Jordan and Gabe Vincent wants to continue being like Steph Curry, then, yeah, it's probably going to happen. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that those guys don't keep up what they've been doing. Even if they do, I just think I think Denver is just so like they just got all the pieces to beat Miami. So unfortunately, as much respect as I have for Miami, I hmm, it's between two numbers. I, my my winner is going to be Denver. I think you're going to say five or six. Yeah, you know me well. You know me. I'm going to lean with five. I'm going to lean with five, just because. I really don't think what Miami's currently doing. I mean, I can't say it's not sustainable because they've been doing it for pretty much this entire playoffs. But I think they're going to run into a really big issue with how to stop Denver. And uh, I, I, oh god, I really wish this goes six or seven. I really do. But it's something tells me this is going to be Denver five, pretty, pretty easy. And that one win is going to be forty plus points from Jimmy. Yeah, and maybe. 80 plus points from Caleb Martin. I'm kidding. But yeah, but <laughs> pretty much. Martin out here. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's somewhere. That's that's it. That's that's my um that's my prediction. I'm gonna go Denver in five. And I'm gonna say this. I actually don't think I'm nah, it's it's a hot it's not I guess it's a hot take. I'm gonna go Jamal Murray MVP. Okay. And then, I think Jokic is the best, but uh, I just think this is going to be a Jamal Murray series where he's just going to eat up the guards of Miami, and he's going to average over thirty. He's going to shoot over fifty percent. I hope I hope Jokic gets it because he really deserves it, and he's yep. an all time great. But I'll stick with my Canadian roots, Jamal Murray. Yeah, this is this is going to be a great series. And my last 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 question, then we'll wrap up just before midnight here, Noah. Is this a better or worse matchup for the Heat than the Bubble Lakers were for them in the finals? That is a really good question. I'm going to say this is probably, God, I don't know. That's real tough. You know what? I think it's probably better. Yeah, there's no point LeBron this time. 
right? And like you, the Nuggets have to do it. The Nuggets don't have a guy to run full speed past you. At least you have a chance to try and stay in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you pretty much stole it right from there. Like I, I'll say, I'll say this is probably slightly better. And I do like as much as I was saying that I think Bam's going to really struggle to stay on the floor against Jokic and will struggle. I, I do have faith that Bam has the ability. It's phenomenal defensive player. I, I he could potentially do stuff to Jokic that may make him uncomfortable. I mean, listen, if Grant Williams can stop Jokic, I think Bam out of bio can stop Jokic. And um, no, but jokes aside, I, I this is a better matchup for Miami per se, but I just still don't like it for them at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is Bam's fourth All Defense season in a six-year career. He's only been a full-time starter for four years. That might have been his fourth in a row. Bam played the second most games this year. Just for that note, averaged a career high in points. He got a career high in free throw percentage. He's my keeper he, in fantasy. He's he's a solid guy. I won my title yeah. this year. I did not have. I don't think I had a heap. But did I have Bam? Did I? I had, no, I had, I had Giannis. So anyway. It's been, Noah, it's been great. The finals are going to be fun. You got the Altitude of Denver, their first ever NBA finals. They were in an ABA finals once upon a time. The Heat make their seventh appearance. They made four with LeBron. They made one with Dwayne, and they're making their second with Jimmy G. Bucket. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to slicing it up with you midway through the series. We'll probably, we're not going to go game by game. We'll get a mid-series look back. So maybe after game three or game four, depending on what the score is at, we will convene again and see how we did i'll be there and i'll probably be wearing my kenneth farid nuggets jersey so can't wait kenneth farid nuggets jersey i got a lot of jerseys but kenneth farid was one of my all-time favorite players back in the day shadow moorhead state uh what an animal uh what a man yeah literally um that's actually one of my hopes i really hope kenneth farid is at one of these games i don't know if he like shows up uh regularly to denver games but this is they're in the nba finals Kenneth Farid's a Nuggets legend. I, I hope he shows up there. So that's that's going to be something I, I look out for. But I'll definitely be here with a uh, with my Kenneth Farid jersey, breaking down uh, what we see so far. But, yeah, I mean, regardless of what my prediction is, I still believe this is going to be a series to remember. And we either got a first time for Denver or we got an eight seed winning a title and Jimmy finally getting over the hump. It's The storylines are great. Everything's going to be great. And I can't wait to break it down with you yeah. right here. It, it's great. It's great. Everything is fine. He is Noah Nightingale, Zach White, saying good night from across the Cavs. And this has been a production of Network 216. <laughs>